Good morning, church! Shalom! Wow, this is a new day and this is a wonderful day. Come on, let's get stand up on your feet. We are going to praise God the Lord Almighty. Amen! Come on, give Him praise! Shout hallelujah! Come on! There's nothing impossible to our God. Amen! In all my peace, you are my strength.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's no better moment, God, than be in your presence.
come to you we bless your name in this place come Lord in this place and be magnified and we agree with you Lord that as we lift up your name in this place high we exalt you in this place we long to see many lives be brought to you Lord we we come to you after we have received salvation and yet there's so many more lives out there who need your touch who need your life and so today we come to you as your church and we ask you to teach us to reveal unto us to open up our hearts and eyes to let us know what we ought to do in the days ahead father we are your church we are your body you are powerful and you have promised us that as we walk on the face of the earth we will do more and even much more than what you have done when you walked on the face of the earth this is our life. This is the truth that we hold on to. And we stand upon the truth. And today we are ready to receive your word, Father. Come and bless our lives. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. 
Amen. Well, shalom to you all, wherever you are, whether you're at home. Have a lovely, wonderful Sunday and today's service. We ponder upon the theme for this month, which is the integrity of the congregation toward the church. Now, I'd like to add a sub-theme, which is fellowship, giving, and praying. So, basically today, let's talk about giving and praying, shall we, in the context of Christian fellowship. Now, I'd like to bring you to the verse in the Bible in Acts chapter 4, and we're going to start from verse 32 to 33. Listen to the Word of God. All the believers were one in heart and mind. So there you see, there's already fellowship. They were one in heart and mind. If you look at yourself and you look at the people in, 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 at home, in your house, and also you can look at yourself in the context of wherever you are, or where, where you spend your activities daily at, like in the office, or if you're still in your studies, that's the context where you're with your friends at school. Do you enjoy a situation where you have this oneness of heart, and not even just heart, oneness of heart and mind with one another? Now this is exactly what the Bible, God's truth, describes, uh, prescribes for us. We as believers are supposed to be living in one heart and mind. And we continue in the, in the verse, it says, No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. Huh. Okay, so for example, if I have, let's say I have a car, or you have a couple of cars, some people have three cars to their name. Um, in, this, in this Bible verse, it says that no one claimed that any of those things that they own are theirs. Okay, and yet legally it is theirs, you understand? But they shared everything they had. Okay, I believe that, you know, the Bible explains that they sold their, their possessions, right? But it's not like they sold everything and then, and then, then gave everything. Because if they did, then what else would they have for their living, right? I believe they, they sold a portion of what they had. Okay? And in verse 33 it says, With great power, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Jesus, to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. I want you to pay attention. If I go out there, you know, I meet people who have not known the Lord, and I testify. Let's say I testify, you know, with beautiful words, you know, with nice words. If there is no power behind my testimony, do you think it will have any result on the person who listens? Maybe it does. Maybe it, it, it like, in a cognitive way, affects them. But I wonder if there is any power in changing their hearts and their lives and opening their hearts to Jesus Christ. But this Bible verse says, with great power, there was power behind their delivery of their testimony to the people. You know, I would like to bring this topic to the church that we're ministering in right now. This church, uh, this is the month of August, but last month on the 
25th, but actually we celebrate on the 24th. We celebrated the 28th anniversary of this church. Now, I, I started joining this church when I was in youth. And I came in, and the first thing that happened was tears <laughs> just started falling down. And you know, almost every week, you know, I came to the afternoon church. At that time, there was a, like an afternoon church, like a 4 p.m. church. I would see the, the seat in front of me, not the seat that I'm sitting in, you know, getting wet because of my tears. There was such a touch of God in the atmosphere. Now, if you bring it to this context that we're talking about, I think this is what we can say, there is power. There is something behind. It's not just empty words. It's not just beautiful music. But there is great power that is able to change the lives of people that come in to the church. And you know, at that time, I didn't really know much about the church. But later on, begin to learn. This church started out with something that is very important in life and in society, which is giving. If you uh, watch the, uh, the video of the celebration of the anniversary, and I hope you do, there you can see that year by year, from the very start, the leaders of this church have been committed, greatly committed to giving. And it all started small, giving to people who lived by the rail, railway, but consistently, every week, every month, and then every year. And it grows. It grew and grew and grew to the point that one day, the church received recognition from the government. But that's not the point, right? Of course, yes, we're supposed to be the light and the salt, and recognition is good. But what is most important is that the testimony of this church has great power behind it. And that power is what enables people to be changed, to be delivered, and to repent of their sins. Hallelujah. So, this is something that is true and relevant in the early church. But it is exactly what is going on in the church right now. As we stick, we are committed to the Word of God. We become the contemporary church that is just the mirror the reflection of the early church. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's sing this song. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice To worship you my soul rejoice take joy my King in what you hear let it be a sweet sweet sound in your it again. I love you.
So I want you to see now in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, part B. This is what it says. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 47b, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts chapter 4, now verse 4b. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now I want you to think about it some more. Okay, in one case, they were sharing. And we realize there is power in sharing. So they kind of broke the rules on how society lived. You know, in society, basically, there are two, two, two styles, two, two manners of living. One is like a capitalist society where the rich become richer. And the other is like a socialist country where people share. And so here, the, the people in the, in the city or, or in the region or wherever they were saw that there is some breakthrough in the way people live their lives, where people were no longer selfish, and just oriented towards themselves but they begin to share but the question is did God add the number of people the number of the people who joined the congregation to became the congregation because of that because of there was because the fact that was sharing okay I believe people were interested people were interested to see to find out what was going on because there's this new thing going on. People will start sharing their possessions with other. Nobody, like the verse we read before, were claiming possessions belong to themselves. But there's another thing that we actually meditated before. The apostles were able to testify powerfully. So I believe the reason why the number of the congregation increased was because of the power of God at work in the life of the ministry and the ministry of the apostles. Amen? There was power. Bondages were broken. Eyes were open. People who were living in, in a false understanding, perception of God, everything was opened up to them. And you know what was the, the apostles focusing so much to do? Is trying to point out to the people who mainly at that time were Jews that the Messiah, the Messiah whom which they have been waiting has already had already come and he is Jesus Christ the one that was crucified was buried and rose again and because of the power of God was involved in their ministry eyes were opened and they received the Lord Jesus Christ and gave themselves to become part of the congregation of the church give praise to our Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah now Connected to this, let's take a look at an interesting story about Barnabas and Paul. The power of giving. Now you know, Jesus told them, you have to bring the gospel all over the place, okay? To make it simple. Because the gospel is supposed to save, and it is an opportunity, it is like a doorway for people to get saved. So if it just stays in, in Jerusalem, in this area, it's not going to do much effect to all the people in the world who need it. So the apostles, you know, they had this burden on their shoulder that we got we to gotta do this. We got to carry this out. We got to execute this. But nobody can go out there. Nobody can go wherever they want to 
unless the Holy Spirit, unless the Holy Spirit is with them. It's just like Moses. Moses said, if you don't go before us, we're not going to take one step. Because you see, there should be power in evangelism. There should be power in our testimony. So, we have Barnabas, we have Paul. So, in our first verse that we read, we're going to read two more verses, verse 36 and verse 37. This is from Acts 4. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay? He, he was one of those individuals who had material. He had a piece of land. And I believe that probably was not the only thing he had. Okay? But he had this piece of land. He sold it. And he gave it to the apostles' feet. Of course, the apostles distributed to those who need Okay? That's the background of Barnabas. Later on, he met Paul. Paul came to Jerusalem and Barnabas was the one who introduced Paul to the apostles. At first, the apostles had trouble accepting Paul. But because of Barnabas, he could join the team. Now later on, Paul went back to his hometown, Tarsus. And he was there for a long time. And then this man, Barnabas, was appointed to a city called Antioch in Syria. And there was a church there. Later on, okay, just one more point. Barnabas invited Paul to come with him to Antioch to be teachers and pastors in that church. And they were quite successful. Until one day, there was a prophetic word. There is going to be famine in the whole Roman region, Acts 11. And so, verse 29 to 30 says, So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief. Things, stuff. For us, it would be rice, milk, sugar. For them, we don't know. It could have been wheat and so on. And it says, the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone, people in Antioch, everyone, everyone, not some, giving as much as they could. Verse 30, this they did, and trusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Okay, so everyone was involved. Not one person was not involved. And they gave as much as they and so they, they entrusted it to Paul and, and Barnabas. And then Paul and Barnabas took the gift to Jerusalem. Okay? What happened next? What happened next was something that was very, very crucial for the expansion and the growth of the church of God upon the earth. Upon coming, returning from Jerusalem, Paul, that time he was still called Saul and Barnabas, joined back to the people at church in Antioch and they started worshipping. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit began to speak. Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after that, 
Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. The gospel could now be spread across the land just as Jesus wanted it to be. And you know, the gospel eventually touched the Roman Empire. Until one day, today, we all have received the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, come on, let, let, let's conclude this part. Without giving, without giving, there would be no sending of Paul and Barnabas to the world and to you and I. If you talk about it sequentially, what was first was giving. And then what came next was the Holy Spirit appointed evangelism. Which means that Paul and Barnabas could just have went. You know, they could have just gathered some resources, money or whatever, and then go. But they did not do that. They wouldn't do that unless the Holy Spirit told them. And then the Holy Spirit was going to accompany them and be with them. And they were going to minister powerfully the Word of God to many, many people across the world. So do you see the connection? Giving. Power of God. Behind the power of God, there is giving. And behind ministry and testimony, there should be power. Well, sometimes you don't want to trust you know, formulas and so on. But this is exactly what this church did. Until today, this church has continuous program, regular program, helping out. Just approaching the celebration of the anniversary of this church this year, we distributed an amount of rice to pastors in a region in North Sumatra. And then we even uh, assisted the government. We contributed some vehicles for them for the cleanliness of the city and also for taking care of gardens in the city. And also we carried out, we facilitated a vaccination for the COVID-19 uh, people who, 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 who needed vaccination where we uh, distributed, administered vaccination to almost a thousand people just this month. And that is the church. And so I just praise God for all this. I just praise God that God is alive and doing things amongst people. God is showing that He is there. God is revealing Himself. Because aren't we essentially God's body? We are the body of Jesus Christ. And if all the, these things are happening, we know that God is alive and is doing much, much upon the face of the earth, especially in this city. Hallelujah. Give praise to our living God. Oh, we worship you, God. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Thank you, Lord. To worship you. Oh, my soul.
Let us turn now to our Bibles to Acts 5 and verse 18. This is what it says. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Wow. <laughs> when we start talking about angels, supernatural beings, sometimes in our hearts, it's like 50-50. Sometimes we believe it, sometimes we don't want to believe it. It's like true or not true. But, you know, if the Bible says it, shouldn't we just accept it as truth? Regardless of the fact whether nowadays in our present lives we have ever encountered or felt angelic intervention in our lives. But I believe, if I believe, it is going to happen. Amen? So I want you also to do the same way, to be the same way. If you believe, it's going to happen. Amen? Angelic beings were all there, all the way from the beginning of the Bible, even during the time when Jesus was, 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 was coming. And the angel spoke to his, uh, to his to-be mother and to-be father at that time, and the angel spoke to them when he was born. So, are angels true? The Bible says so. And in this case, the angel rescued the apostles from prison. Now, I'm going to share a few verses and we're going to try to answer how did that come about. Acts chapter 12. And now we talk about praying. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. So the next part of our sub-theme today is praying. Number one is giving, sharing. This one is praying. Now, praying is just as important, as crucial, as sharing and giving. So when we fellowship, there are two things at least that we need to pay attention to. Do we share? Do we give? And, number and the next thing is number two is, do we pray? Now, I believe if you, if you talk about church, you know, in, a, in, a, in an adult way, the church is actually not just one church name, one local church. It is all of the churches. Let's say in this region, it is all of the churches that are present here. So I believe the churches should spend time together and pray. Amen? I believe there is not enough power if there is just one church committed to doing this. Now this church... It's also a church that is committed to a prayer tower. We have uh, uh, seven days a week, 24-7 prayer tower happening. But so far, it's only for our own church. Now, way back in the early 2000s, I think it was 2002 or 2004, one day, we had this event. And all of the churches in town 
were scheduled to conduct, to be in charge of one specific slot during a 24-hour period. And you know, this church participated and they took this schedule, let's say it's a 10 a.m. schedule for two hours, and then the next two hours it was another church, all around the clock, 24 hours. And you know what I felt at that time? Somehow, I was very attentive to what was going on in the atmosphere of the city. Somehow, I wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm a, basically, I'm a rational person, you know. I'm not so smart, but I, I like to think logically. And that's my natural way of, of, of thinking and, and my thought process. So I wanted to see, is there any effect of all this? And sure enough, I was driving around town at that time, throughout the day. You know, in a sense, I was getting samples. Hmm, what can I feel? What can I pick up in that? I felt peace. I felt peace that was rare to see in this town at that time, especially. You know, I went out like in the afternoon and I, and I felt, I feel different. There is peace in this town. And I went out again in the afternoon and again in, in, towards the evening and again I felt it. I believe there is angelic visitation, angelic intervention when the church, which is not one local church, get together and pray earnestly to God. And why are we here upon the earth? We're not here to enjoy one another in nice, lovely fellowship. Essentially and ultimately we're here to do work. And there are lots of people out there who need the salvation of the Lord. And considering the times that we're living in right now, there's so much conflict when we talk about the gospel, verbally when we try to evangelize people. What other things can we do? I believe the church should be committed to prayer in a way that we've just talked about and described. 24-7 prayer tower involving all churches. Amen? And I believe there is supernatural power that's going to take place upon this city. Hallelujah! If you believe, let us say together, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice oh, to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, oh, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you. Yes, Lord. 
close, open up Acts chapter 12 again. And we're going to read the remaining part of that story. Now, here we see a duel. <laughs> Allow me to use that word. Between King Herod and the church. Okay, look at the first verse. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. Verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now before Peter was apprehended, Herod had already killed James. And he thought, he saw that the people were excited. And so he kept on terrorizing the church. And now he took Peter, the head of the church. Now God said, Jesus said to us, this is the church and upon this rock I will build my church. And Jesus promised us, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so verse 6, part B. Peter was where? He was in prison. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. 7. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Now we have a clue. What was behind this angelic activity going on? Supernaturally releasing the chains and bondage that was tying Peter down, the head of the church. Without Peter at that time, there would be no leadership of the church. Pretty much the church would not have known what to do. But God is faithful to, the word, to His word. And when the, the people, they congregated together and praying, start praying earnestly, the angel came down, the angel of the Lord, came into the prison cell where Peter was and took off everything that tied him down. Peter was now free. Now, what happens to King Herod? Let's take a look at this. Verse 21, On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, the people who were there, who were cheering him on, they said, this is the voice of God, not man. Or they were trying to praise him and please him. And immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. 24, let's read together. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Amen. Amen. What is it that re releases people and set them free? The Bible says, the truth shall set you free. The word getting out there, getting across, is what will set people free from the bondages of sin that tie them down upon the earth and keep them from entering heaven. Finally, Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind 
by which we must be saved. Let us, the church of God, act as his body. We share, we give, and then we congregate together in prayer. Powerful things will happen, and the word of God will get across, and the name of Jesus will be, will be delivered to many people for the opportunity for them to receive salvation. Let there be salvation upon, upon this city. Let there be salvation upon this land. Let there be salvation upon all the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us prepare for the Holy Communion. I'd like to invite the music team. Love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul.
when Jesus was betrayed he took bread and after he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me friends people of God beloved of Jesus Christ is not this bread for which we give thanks is our communion with the body of Jesus let us eat it And likewise, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Do this in, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Beloved of Jesus Christ, is not this cup for which we give thanks. Is our communion with the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, open our hands and open our hearts right now to give thanks to the Lord. Oh, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, we give thanks to you Say thank you Thank you Jesus 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 Thank you Jesus It's only by your grace That I could live Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Receive it right now. Jesus. God, we praise you. We praise your name. We praise your name over this land. And we ask you to relieve this land for its burden, Father God. Right now, Father God, come and send healing power upon this land. And we pray and we trust, Lord, that you will intervene in the affairs of the land so that the distribution and the spread of vaccines, Father God, will be delivered across the land thank you father we pray for the medical ministry in this land father god touch them encourage them and give them strength we pray for the president president joko widodo and his vice president maruf amin we pray for every minister father god in the cabinet we pray for government from central government to every region in this land and especially father god we ask again of your reign upon this whole nation let there be salvation let there be salvation across this nation and we pray for our province and city the province of north sumatra and city of medan we pray for the leaders father god touch them and move them father god according to your will and we bless them father in your name and we ask you to bless our church leaders we pray for pastor bambang yonan Thank you, Father, for his ministry. We ask you to bless him powerfully. We pray for our senior pastor, Pastor Eddie. Come and encourage him, Lord. Come and replenish his strength. Come and give them protection and healing for him, his wife, and his whole family. And we ask you for a blessing upon our two new associate pastors, Pastor Jansen and Pastor Joshua. Bless them, Father. Increase their anointing and use them powerfully and mightily and continue to bless their family and give them protection. We bless your church once again, all viewers of this ministry. Touch and bless their hearts and lives, Father God, and their family in Jesus' mighty name. We lift up our hands and we release right now the blessing of God, the shalom of God upon the city of Jerusalem. Father God, before we depart and receive your blessing, bless the people who are giving support and support and funds for this ministry and we receive your blessing once again right now people of god lift up your hands and direct your hearts to heaven in full faith receive now the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and his peace and the sweet and mighty fellowship of the holy spirit be yours now tomorrow until maranatha those who believe and receive let's say together Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Sunday. Shalom.
possible. One more time, say, Padre, Padre.